sharing our faith and passion for the Lord Jesus Christ with others is a desire of Zion Christian Fellowship. Our prayer is that this message will have a lasting impact on your life and draw you closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. This message is not copyrighted. You are free to make copies for friends and neighbors. We only ask that you copy it in its entirety without alterations or changes. Now unto the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Greetings this morning in Jesus' name. God bless everyone that's here this morning. It is a little smaller, but yet, thank you all for coming. <clears throat> I trust you have been blessed so far. I have been. Thank you, Randall and uh, John, uh, Jonathan for the, what you shared thus far. <clears throat> Maybe just to capitalize on the children's lesson, uh, how are we doing this morning? Are we like that, that uh, I forget her name, <laughs> are we like that little baby just laying there sweetly, resting in the sweetness of the Lord? That's where God wants each one of us. Just resting in the sweetness of the Lord. <clears throat> Beautiful place to be. Beautiful place to, to uh, rest. <clears throat> I was blessed with that. Just the whole aspect there of uh, God cares for you. God, and that song, uh, how's it go? God will take care of you. God will take care of you. So I don't know where we're all at this morning, but uh, as I was sitting here earlier this morning, and I think when we were singing, I just had a burden that, <clears throat> you know, we all find ourselves in different places. I have something here to share, but maybe, maybe it won't be uh, what you really need this morning. But my prayer is, is that God would have something for each one of us. <clears throat> because, why? Because He cares for you. He cares for me. He cares for each one of us. And He wants us to make it. And that last, or that song that we just sang, someday we're going to, Lord willing, if we stay faithful, we're going to be in God's presence. And we're going to hear those songs and we're going to be singing too with, with the 24 elders and how all that is up there in heaven. <clears throat> Worshiping and praising God throughout all eternity. <clears throat> I don't want to miss that. And I don't want any single person in this room to miss that. Appreciate what Randall shared there about truth. Let's not, let's not uh, sell the, or, uh, yeah, let's, let's, let's uh, buy the truth and sell it not. Praise the Lord. Well, I think before we go into the uh, message here, I'd just like to just pray a little bit, ask the Lord for his continual blessing shall we let's pray heavenly father we come to you in jesus name lord thank you for being here this morning thank you god that you're real thank you god that you're on the throne thank you god that we can rest in the sweetness of the lord help me oh god to do that even while i'm here up here preaching sharing your word god i pray oh lord father 
I ask for your grace. I ask for your anointing. I ask for your touch, O God. Lord, that these words that are spoken this morning will be words of life. God, O Lord, we pray. Father, that it will not just be a dead letter, but God, that it will be words of life. O Lord, we thank you. God, that uh, even as Randall read there in John there about uh, Jesus, he was full life, eternal life. Oh God, help us to press in this morning. Help us, Lord, to lay hold of you by faith, God. Fighting the good fight of faith, laying hold on eternal life. Oh God, we thank you this morning. Thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you for the truth, that you are the truth. Hallelujah, God. Help us, Lord, to know how in this confusing world that we live in, God, help us to stick close to God, to the word. Oh, Lord, I pray we need you and we look to you. And I just pray, God, for your blessing upon this bird and this message that you have on my heart this morning to share. God, we've heard a lot already this morning. We thank you. But I pray, O oh Lord, Father, that you would just continue to speak and, and draw and minister and, and uh, encourage every heart that is here this morning. We thank you. We pray and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, you can turn to uh, John, St. John this morning. Uh, we'll get our first reading out of... Uh, St. John chapter 13, I'm going to read verse 34 and 35. It's a very familiar uh, passage here, or, or verses here. Let's read it. Uh, John 13, 34 and 35. It says... Jesus saying here, a new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. By this shall all men know that you are my disciples, if you have love one to another. <clears throat> a new commandment I give unto you, Jesus said. Now, I want to go a couple chapters back in John 17, and I want to read an couple more verses here. In John 17, it's in Jesus' high priestly prayer, and he prays in that prayer, John 17, verse 23 and 24. He says, I in them and thou in me. I in them and thou in me, that they may be made perfect in one that the world may know that thou hast sent me and thou hast loved them as thou hast loved me. Father, I will that they also which whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. <clears throat> I was blessed... I don't know if it was a couple weeks ago, whenever it was, that uh, in my morning devotions, this just kind of just, uh, uh, I don't know, as I pondered those two passages of Scripture. 
And, uh, and the title of the message this morning is Loving One Another and Being One. Loving One Another and Being One. And maybe a subtitle of that is Beautiful Church Life. Beautiful Church Life. You want beautiful church life? <clears throat> so the title is Loving One Another and Being One. And it's in those two different uh, accounts that I read. John 13 and John 17. But like I was saying, I was, uh, as I was pondering these two accounts here in th- John 13 and 17, it was just, uh, I don't know. To me, it was just a beautiful thing as I pondered them together. You know, we don't, Randall was talking here about truth this morning, and sometimes we, we can take a truth and we can run with it and we can, we, can, uh, we can just keep hammering on it and keep hammering on it to where it almost becomes lopsided. <clears throat> and uh, <clears throat> well, that's a little bit of what I see here this morning is, is, is uh, in these two accounts here. Let us not take the one and leave out the other, but let us take both and run with them, if you will. <clears throat> and I believe the result will be beautiful church life. <clears throat> Loving one another and being one. <clears throat> Having these two operating in our lives will make beautiful church life. <clears throat> we tend to separate love and unity. We take the one and neglect the other. Faith and works, grace and truth, the heart and the outside, how many others are there? Do we connect with that? You know, we tend to, uh, in the natural, we tend to take the one or leave the other. And we can be uh, guilty of either one of those. But uh, let us take the whole truth. Let us take the Word of God for what it says. Let us let's embrace the whole Bible, if you will. <clears throat> And John D., I think he had in a message that I listened to years ago, and I probably mentioned this before already, but he had, he had, uh, had a pie and maybe like three slices in there and about uh, Christ and where some want to just take part of Christ. But we can't just take part of Christ. We need to take the whole Christ. <clears throat> So Jesus prayed that we would be one as Him and the Father are one. They're not separated. One, let us not only take one part, but the whole. The Godhead is one. And I ask ask, uh, LaVon to sing that song here in the... uh, uh, before I got up, about Holy Father, Holy Son. Uh, let's see here, let me go to it. Holy God, we praise thy name. <clears throat> I don't know about you, but I like that song. I love that song. I never get old. I never, I never get, it never gets old to me, singing it. <clears throat> There's something in here that I, that in light of what we're talking about is, it says here, Holy Father, Holy Son, Holy Spirit, three we name Thee, though in essence only one undivided God we claim Thee, and adoring bend the knee while we own the mystery. 
Though in essence only one undivided God we claim thee. Is there even an aspect of where uh, people try to divide, if you will, the Godhead? Well, the Godhead is not divided. The Godhead is one. The Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they are one. So may we be encouraged. I want to first zero in on the first one here about loving one another, but then the second one is being one. Uh, But let us be encouraged just on that note there about God or the Godhead being one. Uh, Like we read here uh, in uh, 23, 17, 23, I and them and thou and me that they may be made perfect in one. Even as the Godhead is, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they are one. Jesus prayed that we as His church would be one. Can we be one like the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit? Is that possible this side of eternity? Well, Jesus prayed it, so I'm going to believe it. I'm going to believe that we can at least have, uh, how did Mose used to say about, we have the 10%, the down payment of, of what we're going to have in heaven. At least let's go for, well, I don't know, 10% seems a little less, a little low number. <laughs> but let us go for all that we can have this side of eternity. I'll say it that way. So the first one we have here is the new commandment, loving one another. The new commandment, Jesus said, a new commandment I give unto you that you love one another. He says here, as I have loved you. Let's just look at that here a little bit. Talk about that a little bit. A new commandment I give unto you that you love one another as I have loved you. As I have loved you. How did Jesus love you? How did Jesus love me? Did he give up when it got hard? Did he only go so far and say, well, it's too hard. It's too hard. And we all know, I'm sure, we have read the Gospels where Jesus, when he went to pray before he went to the cross, he said, Lord, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. He was looking at the cost. He was looking at the price, if I can say it that way. And he went through with it. He went through with it. What was he all looking at? What was those great sweat uh, drops of blood that he sweated there in Gethsemane? How did he love us? 
He loved us so much that he was willing to lay his life down. Not forced to. He wasn't wrestled down when they laid him down there on the, however they did that. You just visualize where they put the cross on the ground and they, they wrestled Jesus down and they forced his hands down and then they spiked nails through his hands. Did they force him? He chose to lay his life down for each and every one of us. A new commandment I give unto you that ye love one another as I have loved you. Jesus loves each and every one of us. He doesn't want any one of us to perish. It's His heart. It's His. He, he, he died so that every single one of us could make it into heaven. Praise the Lord. And not barely make it in, but make it in with, uh, how should I say, <clears throat> with joy. <clears throat> A new commandment I give unto you, that you love one another as I have loved you. This is a high calling. Can we live up to it? How did he love us? He laid down his life for each one of us. He showed us the way. May we have the faith to do the same. It takes faith, faith, brothers and sisters. It takes faith. And I was meditating on Abraham and I was... uh, Earlier this week, I was planning to, and I heard, some of you have heard about that Wednesday evening, I was planning to, 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 to preach or teach on, uh, uh, in a sense, maybe non-resistance or not, not resisting. And, and I was thinking of Abraham. When God said, Abraham, I want you to go and offer up your son. And just a picture of how Abraham there got up that morning, it says. He got up that morning. I don't think he waited uh, a week or a year or however long you want to say to me as I read that he, the, the God's call came there that, let's say during the night and it says he got up early in the morning and he got his son and his servants and they, and they settled the ass and they went up to the mountain that it was about a three, three uh, days journey <clears throat> and you know the story there and we can just go on there to Isaac he did not we don't read him trying to run away from, from uh, Abraham that Isaac had to run after him and wrestle him down. And as Isaac was walking up there with Abraham to the altar there and realizing what just might be coming, what did Isaac do? Did he run away? Or did he have a faith in, 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 in his God and in his Father that everything is okay? Everything is okay. This thing might cost me my life, but everything is okay. I'm in good hands. We're in good hands this morning when we're in God's hands. But when we're running from Him, when we're running from the truth, we're in trouble. We're in trouble. There's no peace. There's no rest. There's none of that there. The way of the, how does the proverb say, the way of the, un, uh, the transgressor is hard. It's hard. It's a hard road. You know, we might think it's hard to deny our flesh, but I tell you, it's all the harder to go the way of the transgressor. And just think about eternity. Just think about spending eternity in a bottomless pit where there is no no hope of ever getting out of this place.
A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you. Jesus went to the cross. He knew what he was doing. He was not forced to. He went all the way so that each one of us here this morning could be saved, could have salvation, and could have a, have a walk with God that is real, that we have Randall, that we have the witness of the Spirit of God upon our hearts, that this is the way, walk ye in it. Yes, it doesn't feel good to the flesh, but let us, deal, let us allow the flesh to have its continually have its death blow. <clears throat> Daryl, you said something when you were preaching on meekness the other Sunday that the uh, 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 meekness is ruthless or something like that. And I'm still not quite sure if I got it right, but uh, we need to just allow the, uh, how should I say, the flesh, let it be crucified and continue to be crucified. Let's, let's, let's just not give in to it because it takes us the wrong way. Okay, we need to go on here. He literally gave his life for us. We might not have the opportunity to do that, but we can lay our lives down in many other ways, helping those in need. And it's very clearly spelled out in 1 John 3, 16 and 17. 1 John 3, 16 and 17. If we see someone having need and we don't do anything about it, how dwells the love of God in us? And I was also reminded of Ephesians 5.25 about husbands love your wives. Husbands love your wives even as Christ loved the church. And some of us are husbands in this room here this morning. How are we doing? Are we loving our wives the way Christ loved the church? Am I loving my wife as Christ loved the church? <clears throat> Let us encourage each other. To love our wives as Christ loved the church. It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. When you see a husband loving his wife the way Christ loved the church, it's a testimony to a, a lost and dying world where there is anger and bitterness and strife and all that's out there. Here you have a, a couple walking to the store. There is love is flowing. Honor is flowing. Beautiful thing. Beautiful picture. Love is not selfish. Love thinks about others. <clears throat> and we could go into Corinthians 13, the love chapter. Uh, <clears throat> it talks there about I like that first part of it. I usually quote the <clears throat> latter part of it. Charity suffereth long in his kind. Charity envieth not. Charity voleth not itself, is not puffed up, doth not behave itself unseemingly, seeketh not her own, is not easily provoked, thinketh no evil. Rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Randall, rejoices in the truth, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity never fails. It never fails. It never gives up. Even though the road is hard, even though things are happening that shouldn't be happening, love is still pouring out, 
pouring out, pouring out. First John three one. Uh, not sure if I know what that is. I didn't make not much notes on it. <clears throat> oh, I know. I'm sorry. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the children of God. <clears throat> Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. When we experience His love in our hearts, the outflow is what? Others. Others. May we... May we, how should I say, be baptized. May, we, may the love of God be shed abroad in our hearts so that we have something to give to our wives, to our children, to a, to a lost and dying world out there. We need God's love continually. How should I say? We need His love to be shed abroad in our hearts so that we have something to give. If we end up, if we're not abiding in the vine, we end up high and dry. And there's just, it's a hard uh, crank. It's a hard road. We try, but it just just doesn't come out right. So may God fill our hearts with love, overflowing love this morning. Let's go to the second one now, being one. Being one. That is in uh, uh, 17, uh, 23, Jesus says, I in them and thou in me. I in them. Jesus in me, God in Jesus, that they may be made perfect in one, that the world may know that thou hast sent me, that the world may know. I found it interesting, just a a note here, in uh, 1334 he says, uh, 35, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples. Here he says, by the love that we have one for another, by this shall men know that you are my disciples. Now over here he says, by our oneness, that the world may know that thou hast sent me, that Jesus has come. And I could really maybe expound on that. Uh, I wasn't planning to, but just think about it. Has Jesus come into your life, my brother, my sister? Can the world see that Jesus came by your life, the way you're living? Maybe it's not quite saying it that way, but it does come down to that. If we don't have Christ alive in our own hearts, and maybe even to take it further here, in light of uh, this this aspect of being of being one, can the world see that my by me being one with my brother, my, by me being one with my brothers and sisters? Jesus has come. Jesus has come. He is the one that can make us one. Praise the Lord. Jesus prayed that we would all be one. Jesus prayed that we would all be one. That's in verse 21. That they all may be one. As thou, Father, art in me and I in thee. That they all may be one. Being and in verse, that's in verse 21 and then 23 it says being made perfect in one being made perfect in one God wants to make us perfect in one 
God wants to perfect us, brothers and sisters. Let us not resist Him. Let us not push back. Let us not draw back. But let us press in. What does this oneness look like? What does this oneness that Jesus is praying about so passionately, how does this look? You know, there's some history that's not very beautiful that is connected with the church. And, and we, we, we can shake our head, but let us not look at that and be faint-hearted, Larry, but let us, let us look at the Scriptures, the truth, the Word of God, and let us set our hearts and believe that this is possible. This is possible, brothers and sisters. <clears throat> but let me say hastily, it will cost us. It will cost. It will cost. <clears throat> Looking at the Godhead, no division or strife, perfect harmony and unity. Perfect harmony and unity. And I read in Tozer on the, the knowledge of the holy, and he had a, a chapter in there about the, the Trinity that I read, and he brought something out that some kind of divide where God does his part, Jesus does his part, the Holy Spirit does his part. And he just brought out the aspect there in creation, I think it is how he said it, uh, that they were all there. They, they work together. They're, they're, they're not divided. Yeah, they might have there, and I, I guess I'm not, uh, uh, yeah, as far as they, in a sense, God, the Father, Son, Jesus came and he did the work that he did, and you have that aspect, but they're not divided. God wasn't up there in heaven and, and forgot about his Son when he was down here on the earth. There was connection. <clears throat> and th- there's another aspect here in Randall. You uh, were in John, Saint, or uh, First John, where John uh, uh, likes to use the word beginning. Have you ever noticed that? John likes to use the word beginning. He liked to go back, in a sense, to the beginning. In the beginning... That which was from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, our hands have handled of the word of life. That which was from the beginning. And sometimes I think it's good for us to go back to the beginning. Why do I say that? Because somehow through the, through the, as the years go by and even where we find ourselves today, sometimes there's so much confusion. We don't know what's up or down anymore. And John says, go back to the beginning. Go back to the Godhead. Go back to God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, if I can say it that way this morning. And see, how, how, how did they operate? How, 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 did, how did it work for them? And still works that way today for them as far as that goes. But <clears throat> In the beginning. How was it in the beginning? And even was it Jesus, he, uh, <clears throat> would have, when he was talking to the scribes and Pharisees about... Uh, Divorce and remarriage, is that what it was? He, he took them back to the beginning, and the beginning was not so. <clears throat> In the beginning, going back to the, yeah, God. If you go back to the beginning in Genesis, I was one morning as I was meditating, I thought, well, maybe I should have a message just on this in the beginning. In Genesis it says, in the beginning God. 
created the heavens and the earth in the beginning, God. Are you going through a, through a hard time? Maybe just meditate on that aspect. In the beginning, God. In the beginning, God. All of a sudden, you, you, you're able to, to flush out all those things and, you, and you're there. God is there. God is here. <clears throat> okay, let's go on here. What does hinder us from being one? Somebody want to suggest? What does hinder us from being one? Anybody want to say something? Ourselves? Yes, that's right. Anything else? What hinders us from being one? What does hinder us from being one? Big question. Well, one of the things I wrote down here is, and uh, this maybe goes, gives credit to John D. Martin when he was here, why he wrote us a nice little note, and he was here for Bible school, and we had him stay at our house. But he, he had in his note there about individualism. And so that's self Yes, individualism. What is individualism? Do we know what individualism is? Me, myself, and I. Me, myself, and I. How's that go? Individualism. It's all about me. Oh, but yeah, but uh, yeah. Anyways. Well, let me just go on here. I don't want to belabor too long here. Individualism. We're afraid of becoming a clone. Do we know what a clone is? We're afraid that uh, if, we, if we lose our individualism, we'll, we'll, be, we'll be cloned into a clone and we'll be made something that we don't want to be. So we're afraid of that. So what happens? So we hang on to our individualism, not realizing that our fear is keeping us from something beautiful. You know, it, it's for every single person in this room, you know, it's, it's the way we were born. I mean, we want to, it's about me, myself, and I. <clears throat> yeah, we get converted and we realize that uh, we're gods and all that, but even then, uh, you know, we don't go deep enough in, the, in, our, in our walk with the Lord that that, that old uh, grave clothes still hangs on. Remember when... Uh, when Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth, he was there dead in the grave. And Jesus said, Lazarus, come forth. And he rose and he came out of that grave. And, and Jesus said to whoever was there, he said, take off his grave clothes. And too many times I think I fear that we have, we leave too many of our grave clothes on. And it, it, it leaves confusion. It, it's confusing to the world and to those around us. Let us be willing to allow God or uh, whoever, the, uh, uh, whoever God uses to take off these grave clothes. Let us put on the, the robes of righteousness. Let us put on a, a white robe. And that's more than just a, a, a robe that is how you want to go on with that soil, but where there is a reality, there is a life that corresponds with that white robe. Can I say it that way? <clears throat> Oh, my individualism. 
hinders us from being one. So what are you saying? Are you, go, are you saying to be one, we, meet, we need to be clones? Is that what Jesus said? <clears throat> so we hang on to our individualism, not realizing that our fear is keeping us from something beautiful. Let us rather fear not being one. Let us rather fear not being one with each other. Do we fear that as much as we fear of becoming a clone? Yes, there's an aspect where people maybe have taken this thing too far of being one and and it might feel that way. But I tell you what, I'm not going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Whatever Jesus all had in mind here when He was praying, I want every single part of it. Don't you, brothers and sisters? I do. Let us rather fear not being one with God and each other. Individualism does not bring oneness. What does it bring? It brings division and strife. Oh, but we keep that thing harnessed. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we do, but it's still there. What is it going to take for us to be broken from this individualism? Can I say that we're born with? What is it that it's going to take for us to be broken from this individualism? That there is no division, that there's no strife. But there is, when we were talking about the Godhead, perfect harmony and unity. Perfect harmony and unity. You see, there's an aspect, God in heaven, the, 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 uh, uh, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they're, they're in heaven, but the Lord's Prayer, and we want to look at that a little bit then. Uh, you know, we say, well, but we're down here on this earth. Yes, we are. But there, God has made a way. God has made a way here even on this earth that heaven can be, that we can have heaven on earth in our hearts and our lives the way we live. We don't have to wait to go to heaven to be one. I don't believe that. I don't believe that. Or Jesus would have had to pray a little differently. So individualism brings division and strife. It takes brokenness, yieldedness, surrender, submitting one to another. And again, using this word, some of you might know what this word means in John uh, uh, John D. used this word. Yeah, I, sh- I should have brought the, the letter along. I didn't. But he used the word Klehasenheit. You know what that word means, Elvin? Or heard of it probably already? It's a German word. Klehasenheit. How many of you have heard that word already? Okay, so you, you heard, maybe heard of messages on it already. Klehasenheit. <clears throat> well, I, I, I looked it up and and I don't know how clear the definition was, but what I... What I just read here about brokenness, brokenness, yieldedness, surrender, and submitting one to another is all in there, in that word, Klehasenheit. And there's also another aspect, uh, you know, maybe what I, about brokenness, yieldedness, surrender, and submitting one to another, maybe we could look at that more on this plane. But there's also an aspect of our relationship with God, with whatever God brings our way, that we yield to that. We don't fight it. We don't resist it. 
but we yield to it. Like it says, Jesus would have said uh, uh, in Matthew, the Sermon on the Mount, that we are not to resist evil. We're not to to, 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 uh, fight against the evil that comes towards us. Somehow to, to take it and to allow that hurt or that whatever to allow God to even uh, use that to break this individualism in us. We can run from those things, but God help us. If God allows it, then should we not allow it too? Let us be broken. Let us be yielded to God and to each other. Let us have a heart that is truly surrendered to God, that we're surrendered to each other, submitting one to another in the fear of God. Can I say it that way? Let's go look at the Lord's Prayer now. In uh, the Sermon on the Mount, we have the Lord's Prayer in Matthew. If you want to turn there. Matthew 6, uh, verse 9. After this manner, therefore pray ye, Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Just a couple of notes here. Our Father, it is not just about me, but us and we, our Father. He is our Father in heaven. We come to Him as our Father. <clears throat> Have you ever noticed that? <clears throat> and in light of what we're talking about, individualism, it, you know, we do have a relationship with God, but somehow that individualism needs to be burned out of us, <clears throat> taken out of us. Our Father which art in heaven. <clears throat> and then the other aspect there is it, it's about His will, not my will. Being done in earth as it is in heaven. Jesus prayed, not my will, but thy will be done. That needs to be our heart. That needs to be our attitude. We need to be surrendered. We need to be yielded. We need to be submitted to God. No matter what the cost is, no matter how, how, how much it will cost this flesh of mine. By faith, we enter into that thing by faith and we uh, allow whatever uh, needs to happen, happen. <clears throat> Deliver us from evil. Deliver us from the evil of our own hearts. Deliver us from fighting and resisting each other. <clears throat> I didn't make notes here, but... Uh... Yeah, verse 13. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us from evil. What is He saying there? Jesus is saying that we should not resist evil. And here He's saying us, deliver us from evil. Well, I would like to think He's talking there about delivering, that we will be delivered from the evil of our own hearts. Our hearts are desperately wicked. Deliver us from the evil of our own hearts. Deliver us from fighting and resisting each other. 
And then the last part there. Lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. It is about his kingdom, not mine, that requires me to submit, to die, surrender my will to his. So that I can be one with my brothers, and that is where God's power and glory is. Did you notice that where we read in John there, where Jesus is praying that we will be one, he talks there about the glory. Here he talks about power and glory. Thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory. Do you need power, brother, in your life? Do you want to see the glory of God? Then these two aspects that we're talking about this morning need to be in place. Loving one another and uh, being one. Okay, I need to go on here. I wanted to look at one aspect yet, and that is about counting the cost. Counting the cost. It takes self-denial. Did we, do, are we, are we, do we believe the truth this morning? Do we believe what Jesus said? He says, unless we deny ourselves and take up the cross, unless we deny ourselves, take up the cross and follow Him, we cannot be His disciple. What is He saying there? Unless we deny ourselves and take up the cross, the cross that comes our way, unless we take that up by faith and go through it, we cannot be His disciple. We need to count the cost. Let us quickly turn to Luke, maybe just for a little reading here. Luke 14. Familiar account, he says here, starting at verse 26, If any man come to me and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brother and sisters, yea, in his own life also, he cannot be my disciples. What is Jesus saying there? Whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me, he cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counteth the cost whether he has sufficient to finish it? Lest happily after he hath laid the foundation is not able to finish it. All that behold it begin to mock him saying this man began to build and was not able to finish. So likewise. I'm sorry. Or what king going to make war against another king sitteth not down first and consulteth whether he be able with 10,000 to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000? Or else while the other is a great way off, he sendeth in and desireth conditions of peace. So likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. And in light of what we're talking about here this morning, i like for us to just look at verse 26. And remember this, he says here, after he says all these things about hating father and mother and and so forth, he says one thing in the end there, yea, in his own life also he cannot be my disciple. It costs to be a disciple of Jesus. It costs our flesh dearly. But let us not, let us not, how should I say? Let us be willing to, to pay the price. 
You know, we heard last, was it just last Sunday, Larry was talking there about the Anabaptists back in the days when they faced severe persecution. Did they count the cost? Yes, they did. They realized that they might face some horrible persecution. I mean, some of the things that those men went through, it makes your head spin. If, 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 if I would be persecuted to that extent, would I be able to stay true to my God? And I don't know if that will come sooner or later. It, it probably will. But let us be reminded. Let us be encouraged this morning to walk in God's ways today so that we can see His faithfulness. Yes, there He saw me through. The trial was not as big or as great, but there He saw me through, and there He saw me through, and we can go back and we can look at those things and this big thing that is in front of us. Lord, I am Yours. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back, no turning back. Let come what may. May they mangle my body. I choose to walk. Trust You. I choose to to love You. I choose. I will not resist the Lord Jesus. I will resist the enemy of my soul. It costs us. This costs. The Christian life costs the flesh. And we need to see that for what it is. We live in a world, we live in, a, in America here where things are, are soft, too soft maybe we could say. But brothers and sisters, let us see that, uh, that the Christian life is not a life of easyism. It's, it's, it's a life of, of, of discipleship. It's a life of discipline. It's a life of, and we don't like to hear those things. But which one do we want? Do we want, do we want uh, life or do we want death? The choice is ours. Okay, let's look at James yet. James 3, 13 18. We've got to wind down here. The wisdom that is from above. Who is a wise man and do with knowledge among you? Let him show out of a good conversation his works with meekness of wisdom. But if we have bitter ending and strife in, in your hearts, glory not and lie not against the truth. This wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. For where ending and strife is, there is confusion in every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable and gentle, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. And the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace of them that make peace. The wisdom that is from above. And I just wrote down here, the wisdom that is from above brings oneness. It does. It brings oneness. That self is flushed out. That individualism is flushed out. If we truly are seeking the wisdom that is from above, he's talking here about earthly wisdom and how that works out. Why is there strife and why is there confusion all these things? Well, if there is any of that, any hint of that, it's because there's earthly wisdom operating. And let us, let, us, let us see it for what it is. When it's in our hearts, yeah, we know how to control ourselves. We know how to, you know, we know we're, we're disciplined. But if it's, if, it's, if, it's, if it's in here, 
Brothers and sisters, if it is in here, let us not lie against that right on. If it's in here, let us deal with it. Say, Lord, this thing is in here. Somehow, God, take this thing out of me. This is not of you, Lord. If we want oneness, we're going to have to allow God to take those things out of our hearts that are not of Him. Whatever is earthly, sensual, devilish, all those things need to go. And when, we, when it says here, earthly, sensual, sensual, devilish, devilish, well, that sounds terrible. And sometimes we need to see it for what it is. Oh, it's just this little, yeah, it's just this little thing going on down in here. You know, yeah, yeah. But do you know where it's from? Do you know where it's from? Oh, my we could look at Philippians 2 about uh, Jesus there, how he humbled himself, talks there about unity, oneness. We could talk about uh, the, 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 in the book of Acts there before the day of Pentecost where they were together in one accord praying and the Spirit of God came. <clears throat> Do we want God's spirit? Do we want to see his power and his glory? Brothers and sisters, we're going to have to love each other the way Christ loved us. And we're going to have to be one. We're going to have to press into this thing. Let us press into it. What does it truly, what does it truly mean to be one? How does that look like? What does that look like? <clears throat> and we can look at Matthew 18. There about unity. And it's talking there as it, it kind of starts there about if a brother, uh, if there's an offense, if, or a brother offends me and I need to go, t- or I go talk to him. So look at that from the aspect of oneness, of unity. There, there's no more oneness there. There's no more unity there between my brother and I. And I do something about it. I go to him because I want this breach, I want this oneness to be restored. That's the heart, I believe, of what's, what Matthew or uh, Matthew 18 is in there. Anyways, it goes on down through there without going to it. But it, uh, he, it, it says there that where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in their midst. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am in their midst. And that word together, I heard a message not too long ago. Maybe I mentioned already, but uh, before... Uh, here up front here but uh, that aspect of it says there where two or three are gathered together together they are together there I am in their midst Jesus doesn't come to us and we're all divided okay well let's for uh, for the closing here let's turn to first Peter yet five five we'll wind this up First Peter five five. It says here, uh, likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves unto the elder. Ye all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. 
For God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the almighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. Be sober, be vigilant, because the adversary of the devil is a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour, whom resist steadfast in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. But the God of all grace, who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus, after that ye have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. I just uh, was blessed. We actually read this in our family devotions yesterday morning. I was just blessed, and I decided to use this as a closing here on, on what I'm sharing about loving one another and being one. It talks here about submitting one to another. Younger, submit to the elder, and ye all of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. Humility always wins. I like to say it that way. Humility always wins. <clears throat> be clothed with humility. Why? God resists the proud, and does what? He gives grace to the humble. So if you're not walking in the grace of God, it could be very, very... Uh, it could be very, uh, how should I say, um, that you are proud somewhere in your life. <clears throat> God resists the proud and gives grace to the humble. And we don't want God to be resisting us. We're in trouble when that happens. We don't want God to be resisting us. And here then in verse 9 he says, we are, but we are to resist who? The devil whom resists steadfast in the faith. We're to resist the devil, but we don't want God to be resisting us. And the way God resists us is if we're proud. If there's that selfish, if that individualism burning down in there, that needs to go. That needs to go. May we allow God to take all that out of us so that we can truly be humble and broken before before God and before each other. And that the grace of God can flow, that, the, that, uh, that we can see His power and His glory in our midst, brothers and sisters. <clears throat> may we press in. May we see these two, can I say, things here this morning about loving one another and being one. And I had to think of uh, uh, where Jesus says that on these two hang the law and the prophets, to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. On these hang all the law and the prophets. So here we have two things about loving one another and being one. Do we want to see God's power? Do we want to see God's glory? We're going to have to, we're going to, have to press into these two aspects that we're looking at this morning. Let us be encouraged to press in. Let us be encouraged when there is that thing rumbling down in here to take care of it. Not next week, not next year, but now. Today is a day of salvation. God can deliver us now. Praise the Lord. God is calling us to love one another and be one. Let us deny ourselves and take up our cross and follow Jesus so that his power and his glory can be in our midst. May God bless and may we be encouraged this morning. Mm-hmm. <clears throat>